0: There's 200 people or 150 people that start the class. There's 100 helmets of people that quit. Grown men whose dream it was to be a SEAL that get there, that did all this physical training and all this preparation and signed that dotted line and committed to six years and they show up there and they get to that training and they ring that bell. No one knows who's gonna make it through that program. The only way to know what's in the core of a human being is to rip that thing apart and see what's in there. And until you rip it apart and see what's in there, you don't know. What does it take to not ring the bell? Don't quit. People always ask me, what should I concentrate on? What's what's your advice for me going to Bud's? Don't quit. Don't quit. Like, train hard, don't quit. Well, if you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature, and the places where human nature reveals itself most clearly are times of extreme suffering and inhumanity. I had a bunch of hard-headed, very determined, thick-skulled guys that, you know, I had to get them to do what I wanted them to do, had to get them to want to do. Trust is built on relationships. Relationships are built on trust. If you don't trust me, we don't really have a relationship. My first platoon, we were doing a training operation. We get into this tactical situation. Everyone in my platoon is focused on one area. Everyone's looking down their weapons, waiting for a threat to expose itself, which means you got 16 guys looking down their weapons and I'm waiting for someone to make a call. I was a new guy. I'm waiting for someone above me in the chain of command to say, hey, move here or hey, move forward or or make some kind of a decision. And as i'm waiting no one's doing it so i so i'm a new guy i'm scared to say anything and i know i shouldn't say anything so i'm just waiting and no one's giving an order no one's giving any direction so i wait longer and this goes on for probably 30 seconds or a minute which is a really long time when you're trying to take down a target and finally i said to myself all right i'm gonna see what's going on so i actually point my weapon at the ceiling and i take a step back and i just look around and and i see that every single person in my platoon, including my platoon commander, including the assistant platoon commander, including the platoon leading petty officer, everyone is just focused on their weapons and no one's making a decision. And I can see this. And because I'm looking around and I'm detached from the scenario, just by just by eight inches I stepped back. Stepped back and looked around. I can see what decision needs to be made. And so I, I summoned up as much courage as I could as a new guy, because new guys don't make decisions. And I said, hold left, clear right, which was a basic command that we had rehearsed and you would practice. And I expected someone to say, you know, shut up, shut up, Jocko, but instead they repeated the command. They all said, hold left, clear right, which means we were gonna execute it. And sure enough, the guys on the left held and the guys on the right cleared, and we, we got done. And instead of someone saying, hey, you need to keep your mouth shut, like one of the more senior guys said, hey, good job up there, way to make a call. So I looked at it and I said, wait a second, how could I, have, as a new guy, have made a decision in that situation that was better than what the more senior, more experienced guys were making? And I realized it was because I took a step back and detached from that. So at that moment, I said to myself, okay, from now on, when I get into these tactical scenarios, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to try and look around and I'm going to try and detach myself from the chaos and the mayhem. And I started doing it all the time in every tactical situation in the land, warfare, in the mountains, in the urban environments. I was doing it all the time, and I was able to like see what was happening. It was like a superpower to be able to see what was happening and make decisions. And so, then I actually started doing it when I was having conversations. And if you and I were in a disagreement and you started getting emotional, instead of me getting emotional back at you, I would just take a step back and be like, "Oh, okay. He's really he's really Concerned about this? Why is he so concerned? What does he see that I don't see? And I started actually just detaching all the time. And that became a very powerful tool in leadership that I use to this day. My second platoon, our platoon commander, the guy actually in charge of the whole platoon, he's not very experienced. He didn't listen. He didn't take advice. He didn't take guidance. Everything was like his way or the highway. And we had a mutiny inside of our platoon we went to our commanding officer and said hey sir we don't want to work for our platoon commander he he doesn't listen he's arrogant and eventually what ended up happening was this guy got fired as our platoon commander and that left an impact on me because as i'm watching this going i'm thinking to myself why don't we like this guy why doesn't anyone want to listen to this guy why don't we want to follow this guy and the reason because he was arrogant and he didn't listen and he didn't give us any ownership of everything everything was about him and that would that would have made an impression on me. That, that would have left a mark, but the mark got left even more clearly because when that guy got fired, the guy that came in and took over for him was, was like, I hate to use the word legendary, but he was a pretty legendary SEAL, had a ton of experience. He'd come up through the ranks and he had been stationed at every different kind of SEAL team. and. He took over as our platoon commander. And I kind of thought to myself, well, he's gonna take over because we're a bunch of mutineers and they need to put someone really strong that's gonna like whip us back into shape. So I was anticipating that we were gonna have this super hardcore guy. And, and this guy shows up and he's got a nice smile on his face and he's super humble. And I remember the, one of the first things he said to us was like, I look forward to working with you guys. And I was, that word right there, I'm gonna work with you guys, Not, not I'm in charge, I'm glad I'm taking over, I'm glad to be your commander. It was nothing like that. He said, hey, I'm looking forward to working with you guys. So all of a sudden, it was totally different. And he started putting us in charge of things. Instead of him coming up with a plan, he would say, hey, you guys come up with a plan and let me know how you wanna do it. And all of a sudden, we had all this ownership and that made me reflect on the way the first guy had acted compared to the way this guy had acted and I realized how important it was to be a humble leader and to listen to other people and to give ownership to other people. In the third platoon, it was a good solid platoon and we had a good platoon commander and we were out in the desert doing some training and uh, some targets popped up. We start engaging the targets like we're supposed to and everyone gets in the prone position and is returning fire. And I did what I had been doing this whole time, which was detach. I kinda took a step back, took, shot a couple rounds, then kinda pulled back and looked to see what was going on. And I saw the call that needed to be made. And I gave the platoon commander a couple seconds to make a call and he didn't make it. So, you know, I, call, I made the call, peel left. And everyone said, okay, peel left. And we peeled left and we left the scenario and we got our distance and then we stopped the training exercise and we did a little debrief. And during the debrief, the platoon commander, you know, he said to me, well, why did you make that call? And I said, well, I could see what we needed to do, you know, and you hadn't made a call. So I, I you know, I, I made the call. And he goes, well, I actually didn't want to peel left. I wanted to assault the target. And and, and right there in that split second, I kind of thought to myself, well, like part of my ego flared up and I was kind of thinking I I could have said something along the lines of, well, you need to make a call faster. If you're not going to step up and lead, then I'm going to do it. Like I could have said that. But I realized at that moment in time, wait a second, I didn't need to make a call. The, The problem could have developed more. But for some reason, I thought that I needed to be the guy. And I said, no, you know what? You don't need to be the guy. Your leader, you need to support your leader. And it's not about you. And what you have to do is subordinate your ego and be supportive of the person that's in charge and you move forward together as a team because that's what it's about. It's not about me, it's about the team. There's a word that people bring up a lot and I think they're pretty interchangeable and it's relationships and trust, right? It's rela- trust is built on relationships, relationships are built on trust. If you don't trust me, We don't really have a relationship. If you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature. And the places where human nature reveals itself most clearly are times of extreme sorrow, pain, suffering, and inhumanity. And if we don't recognize what causes that, where that comes from, and that it's actually possible, then... It's bound to happen again.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.